Welcome, bride chillas and groom chillas. Groom chillas, Alicia. Let's uh, let's workshop that. You're listening to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, the number one wedding podcast hosted by author, comedian, and wedding advice giverer Alicia McCormick. I am so excited to be kicking off Wedding Q and A Week today. That means I will be doing an episode a day for the entire week, answering exclusively your wedding questions. I'm doing this because I have so many wonderful questions in the back catalogue. Well, not really in the back catalogue, just being uh, scheduled. I don't want to leave you waiting too far because lots of questions, people are going, I've got to make a decision now. Please get back to me. And I really appreciate that when wedding decisions come, wedding questions come to mind, you really want an answer. So I'm going to hopefully get through lots of your special questions and voice messages over this next week. And also, if you don't hear your question being answered this week, um, I am doing another one in May because my lovely VA, Jess, who is uh, getting my shit in gear, has said, listen, Alicia, you got so many questions to get through. We're going to have to do another week in May. And that delights me. And if you're listening to this and going, actually, I have about 10 questions to get in touch with you about. I think you should definitely do that. Visit savethedatepodcast.com. Also, I'm very much encouraging people to leave me a voice message. That makes me very happy. I get to hear your voice and I get to hear the nuances of your problems, the subtle nuances in your voice to say, mm, I'm struggling or I'm cool with this, but I just want to tell you about it. I love it. I know everyone else does too. I get lots of lovely emails saying more voice messages, but we need you to do that to make that happen. All right, let's kick it off. I'm not wasting any time this week because we've got a lot to fill in. Let's kick it off with a lovely voice message from Amanda. Hi, my name is Amanda. I'm from New York. And first of all, I must tell you that I absolutely love the podcast. It has kept me sane through very hectic first couple months of being engaged and up until this day. Which, as of yesterday, is five months till our big day. I can't believe how fast it's going. I have to butt in and say, woot, because really when you hit the six-month mark, especially if you've been planning the wedding for over a year, it's like, man, we are on the home straight. Things are going to happen. And this is when decisions need to be sort of locked in. And uh, it can sometimes be a little hectic, as Amanda just said. All right. But I'm not leaving you this message about our own wedding. Along with being a bride chiller, I'm a maid chiller in my fiancé's sister's wedding. She's getting married a month before us, um, and no worries, I asked her recently, and she doesn't secretly hate me for this, which is good. But here's my question. Her younger sister, the maid of honor, is only 18 and is still in school, so I'm trying to help her out with the bachelorette. I don't know any of the other bridesmaids or any of her friends, or, and neither does her sister. We're trying to contact everyone to start the planning, but no one's responding. We tried a group text, Facebook invite, Facebook message. It's just super hard to plan when you don't know how many people are coming. Sorry, Amanda. I just want to butt in and say, how rude are people? Honestly, I get really annoyed when I hear this sort of stuff because you're trying to bring people together. Obviously, I'm going to answer your question when I hear the rest of it, but you're trying to bring people together. You're trying to organize the masses. It's like herding cats, as my grandmother would say. It's very difficult when people don't play ball. The weekends are booking up quickly, and I want to make sure we actually find a place. Do you have any advice on how to get these girls to answer us? And before I go, I must tell you that I'm super excited because I finally just ordered my Bride Chilla t-shirt. Woohoo! Thank you so much. I can't wait to see a photo of you in it, Amanda. I'm so excited. Uh, thank you again. I love the podcast. 
please keep up the good work, and thank you so much for making me into the bridezilla that I am today. Toad's my pleasure, and thank you so much for leaving such a delightful voice message. I very much enjoyed listening to that, and I think you have brought up a really, uh, well, a really common problem, as I just, when I rudely cut in on your uh, voice message, Amanda, that there is a communication breakdown. Now, I don't want to sound like a nana. I'm not really that old, but I do think that since social media, all these bloody apps to communicate has have sort of become more prevalent, that we've become worse at communicating. It's very easy to, in the olden days, like this is, I'm talking five years ago, when really there was just text messaging and an email and a physical phone call. It was much easier to herd people because you knew that there were only sort of two or three ways that you could physically get in touch with them to get it all going. Or the old postal service. Sorry, I forgot the old snail mail. So now, as you mentioned, when you're dealing with the younger generation, for example, you were saying that the maid of honor is 18. Whoo! Uh, they communicate in different ways. I know you mentioned WhatsApp and uh, there's also bloody, you know, there's 50, I'm not going to name them all. There's, there's so many different methods of communication. Viber, don't mention them all unless you just said you're not going to. So my real response is I think you have a problem with timing. You need to get answers now. Now, perhaps if these people are sort of being rude and not replying at all, which I find incredibly sucky, really, then you might need to get hardcore and put down some boundaries and say, listen, we are trying to organize this. If we do not receive a response to you by this date and make it quick, like don't give them too much time because you're just going to be chasing their asses even more, then unfortunately uh, you won't be attending. Now, there's a nicer way to say that, but I think you need to perhaps get a bit more feisty with it and also a little bit more demanding because as you said, the longer you put this off, the harder it will be to organize and the more expensive for everyone attending it's going to be. You don't want to be chasing these people the week of this event. So I do think that you need to set some very strong time frame and boundaries and really figure out a way. It, look, I think a Facebook group is actually a really good way to communicate with people of all different ilks because generally Facebook will be installed on their uh, phone They've got the Messenger thing now. Most people I know have downloaded, have just relented and downloaded the Facebook Messenger. It pops up. You can't really miss it. It's also something that people can join the community and if they miss out, they miss out. I think at this point, you can't be spending all your time chasing people for bachelorette parties. As you said, you don't really know this group of people, so it's really hard to judge if this is their regular activity or behavior or if they're just tool bags, basically. I think it's really nice that you, Amanda, are helping your uh, your fiancé's sister's maid of honor. Whew, that was a hard one. My brain just hurt uh, with the bachelorette because, as you said, she's only young and it wouldn't be something that she would have done before, nor had, is it something a lot of people you know, in their 30s have done before as well. So I think it's great that you're bringing your expertise and help to it. Another thing to do is to talk to your fiancé's sister. You know, you're in her wedding. Maybe just have a casual discussion, obviously not making it sort of sound like you guys are struggling, but just to say, how is it, how do your group usually communicate? Maybe she might say, look, we we are entirely Facebook communicators or we only use WhatsApp. And as you said, you've, you've tested the WhatsApp. Perhaps that's not it. But it might be good to just ask her blank outright just to say, listen, we are just having slight problems, don't be panicky, but you know, we would just like your advice on how you usually communicate with your friendship group. There it is. That would be my suggestion. 
ask the question and also make sure that you do put some sort of little little panic button within the message to say, listen, we just need you to answer. If you're not interested, fine, but do it for your friend, you shits. There it is. Amanda, thank you so much for getting in touch and I wish you all the best. Please let me know how you end up communicating with this bunch of ladies. I do find that quite crazy that they they just don't answer back. People are really, really rude. There it is. Okay, my next, look at me powering through. You'd be so proud of me. You should be. Uh, Courtney sent me a lovely email. She says, Alicia, first and foremost, thank you for creating such a fabulous podcast. My pleasure, my pleasure. I love your non-traditional view of the wedding industry and how you don't have to do something just because it's what everyone else does. Amen, sister. Also, you keep me sane during my hour commute home from work every day. Gosh, I don't know if you're like me, Courtney, but I sit around on that train, two trains I'm catching at the moment, and I look at everyone with their headphones on and wonder what the hell they're listening to. I also, um, on Thursday when I was coming home from work, I was watching... Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and I did catch someone when the sometimes when the credits are going, and this is my own shame. I will tilt my iPhone down because I think people wouldn't know what they're seeing if they're looking. Who cares, Alicia? But I did catch someone giving me a bit of stink eye, and I was like, "Listen, I'll watch whatever I want to watch. It's not hardcore porn, which I'm sure people have seen other people watching on public transport. That's disgusting, by the way. Porn isn't disgusting, but watching it in, you know." A public transport situation is pretty gross. However, Courtney just talked about porn. Courtney says, I live in Florida and I'm having a destination wedding in Hawaii. Ra ra ra. Yay. Recently, the topic of a gift registry has come up a lot and my fiance and I cannot seem to agree. Oh dear. We have lived together for a while now and we don't really need any of the usual registry items such as kitchen utensils, bakeware, sheets, etc. On top of that, my fiance hates clutter. So we keep our home items to a minimum. Is all it's, it's like the Japanese Japanese. That's a new thing, Japanese minimalist. It's very fashionable at the moment. We both think it's stupid to register for a bunch of items we don't even buy for ourselves. Good point. I do think sorry to interrupt myself here, that we do get caught up in registry items and saying, well, we wouldn't normally buy that, but because someone else is buying it for us, we should just add it to the list. And then you're right, Courtney, if you are like your fiancé, your fiancé, your fiancé, fiance, you don't want a house full of shit that you're never going to use. And cupboards, storage space is very, very valuable where I live. And you don't want cupboards full of stuff that never, never come out of the cupboards. That's a problem. Another reason we don't want a registry is because for the 20 or so guests who are coming to Hawaii, obviously their presence is their gift and they're already spending a lot of money. Good on you, Courtney, for being mindful. If someone insists on giving us a gift, we'd prefer money or a gift card, but I've been told this is rude to ask for. I've also been told that no matter how much you tell people you don't want a gift, people will always give you a gift. So if you don't register, they'll end up getting you something shitty. Can I use that word? Uh, fuck yes, of course you can. Um, I've looked into Honey Fund. So Honey Fund is, uh, oh, look, she's going to tell me. It seems like they have a fee or take a cut. I'm not sure what to do because I don't want to register for items I don't want, but also don't want to end up with a bunch of crap. This is meta. I'm enjoying it. What are your thoughts? Do I just make a minimal gift registry as a popular place like Target and hope people give gift cards? And uh, if you don't mind me adding another question, what are your thoughts on sending invites to people who have already told you they aren't going to be making the trip to Hawaii? I think we should still send them as an invite 
as a nice gesture, just letting them to know we would have loved to have been there, but you know, it could also seem as us also asking for a gift. Thank you so much for your time. I have so many more questions I could ask you, but I'll leave it at that. Hope you have a great day. Hey, listen, Courtney, please ask me the questions. As I said at the top of the hour, I love receiving your questions. And these are two very good questions and uh, very relevant because I'm sure there are a lot of bride chillers and groom chillers in your position of not wanting to receive things they're never going to use, which, you know, isn't great for the purse or wallet of the guests and isn't great for you having to then house these gifts or resell them on eBay. I didn't say that. So my suggestion to you would be, if you are going on a honeymoon or you're going away, then I think a honeymoon fund is a fabulous idea. I know a lot of people are doing it. We did it and it really, well, look, it really was the reason why we went on a honeymoon because we had completely depleted our funds and there was no way that we would be going on a trip after the wedding if it wasn't for the generosity of our guests. Now, that might not be, you didn't mention that in your email, Courtney, so that might not even be a factor for you. Perhaps you've already organized a honeymoon or you're not going on one. Fair play. I do think it's good if you have a specific store that you want to spend money in in the future. And like you said, Target is great. A big department store, Macy's, Barney's, if you're in the States, one of these sort of big department stores that accept um your gift cards for a wide range of things that you don't necessarily have to buy physical like house items. It could be anything. There's, they sell everything these days. It's crazy. I heard of a couple recently who wanted Costco vouchers. And I thought that's very clever because they were saying that they could then pay for their groceries and use the money because they were putting so much into the wedding that they bought houseware items like, you know, they were Costco members. I have no affiliation with Costco, by the way. But they were saying that they could buy nice things for the house. They had a, needed to get a washing machine or something, and they got a really good deal. And then they used the rest of the credit buying groceries for the rest of the year. So I know that's not exactly saying a thank you for your wonderful gift. But also, if you're really tight in a tight time frame of money and your budget's crazy, it's sort of nice to be able to say, well, we're going to pay for the whole wedding and we're going to put all our money into that. But for the rest of the year, we'll be fine buying food. And really, when it comes down to it, it's not about buying, you know, putting your gift registry money into fancy shit. If you can't then afford to live, I think that's a problem. So look, that might not be your style, but if you do ask for vouchers or credit for a specific store that you know in the future you'll be able to get value and benefit from, I don't think that's rude at all. I think I mentioned in a recent podcast that I had an etiquette expert on, Cheryl, and she was amazing. And Cheryl and I I really enjoy it. I'd like to get her back on. And one of her things she did say was, I think it's rude putting in any reference to a gift fund or a honeymoon fund or anything like that, or a registry in with the invitations. Now in Australia, we would we don't give a shit. We just do it. And I think in the UK, it's quite a similar situation. So I'm very mindful that for depending on where you live, different countries have different etiquette um, rules or vibes to go with. However, I don't think, like you said, that guests want to be put in a situation where they have to sort of flounder trying to find something or gift you something without some sort of guidance. I know as a guest, and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this, but as a guest, if someone can point me in the right direction of what they want, that it just makes things really easy. I really laughed a few weeks ago. There was an episode I did with Rich, Rich and I did together when we moved house and we were um, at Ikea. If you haven't listened to it, go back. It's a little documentary style. 
it was fun to put together. I'd like to do more of those sort of episodes. But one thing we didn't put in the episode was when uh, we were in Ikea, we heard a couple having an argument and I wish I had Rich here to tell the story because he sort of heard it more and then I jumped in. But it was the couple that sort of said, she's like, I just wish you'd understand what I'm trying to do here. And then he said, well, I just wish you would have would have told me how long we're going to be here because this is ridiculous. And she's like, I just want to find my mother a birthday present. And we were like, what the hell are you doing walking around Ikea finding a birthday present? That's like on a Saturday. That's mental. And I could feel his frustration because he's like, we're just wandering out aimlessly with no direction of what we're buying your mum in Ikea. This is crazy. We're probably going to break up now. So I was sort of thinking that if you could then give your guests some guidance, you won't be just, they won't be just roaming around in Ikea on a Saturday looking for a gift for you that you're never going to use and it's going to clog up your precious storage space. So saying that, I don't have a problem with you adding some information to a wedding website if you're using Appy Couple, for example, or a separate little PDF that you're going to email people, or even if you're adding a nice little card in with the invitation and you can word it in a way exactly that you just sort of said to me, we are living together for ages, we don't really need things, but if you do wish to contribute, if you feel the need, here's how to do it. I personally don't have a problem with it. If you do, Let me know because I'd love to hear your thoughts on being a guest and receiving that. I think it's really handy. And as a guest, I always buy a gift. So to me, it's not offensive. To answer your second question, Courtney, just to recap, she is asking, do we still send invitations to people that have already said no? I think it's actually really nice to be giving them a physical paper item to say, you know, thank you. I know that you can't attend, but I wanted to give this to you. One way to get around this is, and I'm sure they probably won't be concerned about the gift thing, but is to maybe put a little handwritten card in just to say, we know that you won't be attending, but we thought you'd like this as a keepsake, for example. I don't know. The tight ass in me says, "Ugh, don't give people stuff they're just going to read and throw away. But also maybe it's nice, especially because you're having quite a small wedding that I'm assuming you probably haven't got hundreds of these things to send out. So if you're doing a print run of 20 or 30, I don't think it's a problem to be sending something to someone. And of course, you know, you're not going to be saying, please get me a gift. It's not, you know, you're not rude. I can already tell. Courtney, big, big, big luck to you. Let me know how you go. More Q&A after this. Well, I lie. This isn't really a Q&A, like a question. It's more of a statement from lovely Laurie. She sent me an email, savethedatepodcast.com is where she did that. She says, oh, Alicia, you've got me laughing about your new toothbrush, which is probably no longer new, having just discovered your podcast and have been binge listening. Now, Laurie's talking about my um, electric toothbrush, which I love to hate. Boring, you might say, but I talked about it recently. I too was told I needed to use an electric toothbrush and just wanted to share the very best way to brush. Start her up and go lie down on your bed, lol. Because here's the thing, my toothbrush, it's got a two-minute timer and it feels like 28 minutes. I've done shorter stand-up sets than that. This thing just goes forever and I actually, I haven't actually physically timed it, but I have really suspicion, suspicion, suspicious. I'm very suspicious that it's really a nine-minute cycle. Uh, She says, I know this sounds like I'm an idiot, but try and thank me later. My daughter is getting married this year. And as I've said, I've just discovered your brilliant show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I wish I had this resource when my eldest was married. Bless you, Laurie. And she is from Florida. Laurie, Laurie, thank you. And uh, 
May we all have shiny, clean teeth. I do love the electric toothbrush, but it's taking up most of my life. I wanted to uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I have lots more to say to you tomorrow on the Tuesday Q&A Tuesday week wedding week. Oh, geez, I've got to get my shit together before Tuesday. Things are really getting confused. Another cup of coffee would probably do me the world of good. I hope you're having a great week. I'm really excited to be with you every day this week. If you have a question, get in touch. Leave me a voice message. Buy a tote bag, t-shirt, mug or hoodie to support the show if you're a fan. And I will see you tomorrow. Happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.